Welcome, Open Drama UK company. This is your half-hour call. We are proud to present another monthly podcast of high-quality CPD conversations, features, Q&A and discussions related to drama and theatre education, produced by people in the know. Put your headphones on, grab a cuppa and get ready. Hello and welcome to Half Hour Call for our next session. It's nice to be with you for another season. Um, so um, I'm Ali Warren and some of you would have heard my voice before. And today I'm going to be joined by Helen Barnett, who is the creative director of the wonderful Trestle Theatre Company, who are a mask theatre company. And it's the first chance we've had to be able to talk to somebody about masks and and how they can operate in an educational setting. Um, so, uh, Helen, tell us something about the wonderful world of masks. Hi, Ali. Um, yeah, this it's a very good question. It's a question I've been asking myself quite closely, uh, in particular for the last couple of years, because we celebrated our 40th birthday as a company wow um, yeah I know um, very impressive and we had a big exhibition and it was really exciting um, to look back on the kind of the last 40 years of our work and we did a lot of asking the question why mask why has it worked for us so well um, why why do we come back to it why do people find it useful why has it become such a brilliant tool for us in terms of not just education and outreach work but um, you know with communities social prescribing um, so yeah it's I, I've kind of been uh, in that question for a while and to me I think it's something about the way in which the mask can speak to the other so we can use the masks as a tool to be reflective, but without the personal. Um, so it's really, it, it's a really fabulous thing for getting us out of our own heads, to be honest, which is somewhere that we all tend to exist a lot at the minute, I think in, in, these, in these days and age, quite rightly so. Um, so it's brilliant to, to kind of see how people can respond when they're given complete freedom to play and to be someone else and to try something else. Um, so we mostly work in full full face character masks as well, kind of coming down from the Western tradition, um, you know, like Commedia dell'arte and Jacques Lecoq. And um, so that's, that's kind of the angle that we're coming at it from. Obviously there's a lot of different use of masks across the world culturally. Um, but because it's that character focus and our masks in particular based, um, our basic masks, which is kind of the first set that people tend to start with, are based in emotions. Um, there's a really interesting thing about just the general observation of human nature as well and using these masks to create characters that can kind of unpick what we think about uh, the world and to have fun with with uh, with our experiences, uh, with the general human experience. It's got to be relatable for the audience to understand and interpret. It breaks down language barriers because there's no speech involved. It's just physicality and movement. So there's all sorts of um, fabulous reasons as to why mask works so well, particularly with young people, particularly with those who might find voice and text and getting up in front of an audience perhaps a little more daunting than others. Do you feel, I mean, you made reference there to kind of world culture, because, I mean, masks are a, 
one of those areas of theatre which is pretty much universal. All cultures have some kind of do you feel that connection to 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 other cultures when you're working in the mask or is it it is is the trestle mask very specific to the way that you work and the way that you encounter the world yeah i think um what's been really amazing about working with mask in general i mean at the beginning of the company we really we really were uh, focus on international touring quite a lot because of the fact that there's there's no need for the spoken word. So as long as you are telling stories that are interesting to everyone, then everybody should be able to access them, which is something which is quite um, unique, I think, in terms of form. And we see it in physical theatre as well and other forms of kind of visual theatre. But But that's something that I think can be really uniting um, having said that, of course, there are some really amazing kind of quite specific um, forms of mask work connected to spirituality, connected to religion as well. So I, I definitely would say our work is specific to the to the kind of Western character theatrical tradition that we that we see. Um, but there are comparisons around the benefits of mask and the impact of mask work that can be drawn across all forms of, of the use of mask, I think. Then do you feel, you made reference to the fact that it's, because it's non-verbal, um, the full face masks that you use, does that make it more accessible to a wider, not necessarily British English speaking audience? You know, I mean, we're a very text-based theatre tradition here in the UK you know it's all about the playwright and the director the mask seems to me to kind of be much more about the performer and the audience interaction you made reference to it's about the audience's interpretation is that is that the way you see it working yeah absolutely I think the, the first thing I say when I'm working with groups um, the first kind of thing I want them to really understand is that the the audience are the most in people important people in the space with mask work whether you're making it or you're performing it you know you've got to be considering the audience because there isn't that verbal uh dialogue and that there, there, there has to be um you have to ask the audience to come with you to do the interpreting of what it is that you're doing and if they miss out on a story point or they miss out on a beat of action or they're we haven't directed their focus in the right place for the narrative to be clear then you lose the audience immediately and they won't understand what's going on or there's a there's you know there's a whole other plot line created in an audience member's head so you have to be constantly thinking about the audience when you're working in mask and actually i think it's really interesting because it gets us to ask those questions about what we want the audience to go away thinking about as well you know similar to kind of brechtian technique in that sense that it's asking us to really kind of consider what the piece is saying what's the point um why mask as well you know why are we not using text to tell this story what what is going to help us and what's the purpose of telling this story without text so is there metaphor involved or is it giving a voice um as it were to people who don't have voice or 
what why are we using this nonverbal form so i think there's there's lots of kind of questions that you have to ask yourself when you start with mask but ultimately it's about um editing and getting something really clear for the audience to follow and engage with and and to asking them to come on that journey with you um so yeah absolutely i think it's really it is really important that that connection is there and that's very much what it's about. That's really interesting what you're saying there, though, about the interaction with the audience, because my experience of using masks, particularly trestle masks, is that um, the most reticent young performers have a real ability to to improvise and to perform when they're wearing the mask and they tend to forget about the audience about the fact that there is not an audience there so that the, the the young people who are the most nervous about standing up in front of um other people and expressing themselves maybe you know having to say something are the ones that very often respond to the idea of putting a mask on and yet you're also saying that audience awareness is really key. And it, it seems to me to be a bit contradictory. I mean, is that your experience that young people who, who are a bit nervous about performing find the mask an easier place to be? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something we hear, you know, it's probably the thing that gets fed back to us by by teachers the most as well at the end of sessions kind of that when we're working with students ourselves kind of going oh my gosh I can't believe that that student took to it so much and wanted to keep getting up and trying out different masks because normally they'd be quite reticent um and it's really common yeah and I think um it's not it's it's to do with being able to physically put that character on um, so there's something that changes uh, in in the way that the performer is viewing their relationship with the audience. That it's not me, the actor, being exposed. It's the character is physically being put on. Um, the audience might even forget who I am because they can't see my face, and and I can go out there and play this character. It's it, you know I can have that connection. I can see a response from them but they are not looking me in the eye in that same way as they would if I was out there without anything in front of my face, without, you know, with, with words and text. And I think a lot of the time it's the thought process of, um, of text and words that also can be quite difficult for some, for some students. You know, we want to be witty. We want to come up with the best line. We want to think about something. And that's quite hard to do. Whereas to respond instinctively and physically and just really trying to imagine yourself as that character and 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 being uh, and having more playful offers, really, just these physical offers rather than having to think about um, some clever wordplay, I think can can be really liberating sometimes. And the physical barrier of kind of it's not me, it's the character, it's the mask. I physically put it on. I'm physically going to take it off afterwards. And you might not even remember who it was that was wearing the mask later because you will remember the mask. And they really do grab your attention. So I think a lot of the time, you know, there might be a student who's apprehensive at the beginning and they see another student put the mask on and they kind of go, oh, wow, like that mask is 
really doing the work um and and it does you, you don't have to do a lot in mars like people often make the um uh they often think that you have to have incredibly large um exaggerated actions in mask work but actually some of the best mask work i've seen has been incredibly subtle but really committed to the character and really um playing the role 110 percent, and the thought process behind it and i think that's when we kind of start to see the mask really live on stage and when students see that it's quite exciting to then think oh actually i could give that a go and people will be looking at the mask they won't be looking at me um and that's where that connection with the audience becomes possible without it being exposing in the same way as it would be if you know my, I was up there as an actor with my face on show, looking you in the eye as an audience member and my peers. You talked a minute ago about, you used the phrase about several times about putting the character on. I mean, is that physically literal for you that, that actually putting the mask on is, a, uh, it, it, it is part of the process? Yeah, definitely. I'd say so. I mean, there are different schools of thought on this. And this is kind of where um, where I think, you know, mask work has been used in actor training for for a long time because it's it's so useful for getting us to think about ourselves, um, our own bodies, what we do, how we communicate with our bodies um, that could come through when we're acting that perhaps we might not want it to. So, you know, the concept of the neutral mask and thinking about how we can kind of really focus down um, our own actions in order to put actions on as a character and to put physicality and new bring new meaning to your body um, as the character. So, yeah, I think the action of putting a mask on absolutely helps you to kind of to do that. You can You can achieve it with just your physicality as well, but there's something in having that that material object um, that really just helps to remind us to keep that physicality, to change that physicality, to be aware. To me, um, it's all about action for meaning and having an awareness of every single action we do on stage is telling the story. And when we don't have words, that's what's happening. You know, the audience are watching for every action in order to read into it. So anything you do when you're up there has to be responding to the narrative and, and in character. Otherwise, it's very obvious that, you know, the actor behind the mask is actually the one um, bringing that energy to the stage. So whereas when we're with text, we kind of tend to hide behind the text. Perhaps sometimes we find it more difficult to remember that we have all of these actions and physicalities at our fingertips as well that can help us tell the story, can help to build the character. Um, so I think it's a really nice thing to do alongside voice and text to, to support young actors in kind of getting to grips with that and, and remembering what the, the amount of meaning that we show in our body language and our gestures. So how do you go about introducing um, young performers to the world of mask because it's a very it is a different tradition to the one that we're used to and also it doesn't always fit in with the demand say of exam courses 
you know, which are, you know, they're based on set text, so therefore they're based on text, which means that they're based on words. Um, so how do you go about that introductory moments? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a really good question. And I think, you know, from what I was just saying about them being used as an active training tool, we don't all have, you know, three years worth of training at of time to train at Laban and Lecoq to like, you know, get used to that, making the mask and the neutral mask and neutralizing your body. And it's quite a hard thing to achieve, really. But the concept of it, I think, can be grasped quite quickly. So when you're thinking about just simply how we portray meaning to to other people using our bodies, that's kind of the baseline, really. That's where we start. We start with nonverbal communication. And we start with action for meaning. And from there, we move to character. So we do really simple exercises that you probably will have done without mask, you know, simple things like leading with the body part. I'm, I'm gesturing wildly here. It's not useful for anyone. Yeah, you can't, um, you, you can't, <laughs> can't see, but, but obviously um, leading with the nose is really important to Helen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it, it's because we always start with the nose because it always creates a really interesting character. Um, but then from, you know, what happens when you lead with your nose around the room, like your physicality changes, you're doing different things. And, and then from that, if you ask someone else to interpret it, what kind of person have you become? What character could we put on this? And then we can kind of look at the masks, do, you know, what kind of character would these masks be? What body part might they lead with? Do they move in a heavy or light way? So there's all of this kind of stuff that can be linked into character work um, that can be used with or without the mask as well. So I think... That's kind of where we always tend to start and where we and where we would um, lay quite heavily on students who are perhaps starting a process who might not necessarily be making work with masks, but are doing a workshop to support their learning and development and kind of getting them to think about how they could then bring that into their character work later on. So there's a real relevance there in terms of understanding of our body and how we show character through physicality and action, subtext, objective, all of that stuff. Um, you know, we work a lot with in a monologue with mask work with older students. So what's the thought process going on for the character as they're doing these actions, um, remembering and reminding them that there can be some real brilliant storytelling moments in silence around text. So, you know, if you're then work, if you're trying to get your students to really think around their text and to really kind of bring subtext to it to be responsive to each other again that can be really useful you know what is keeping your character in the room in the present on stage in that scene in the moment without you drifting off and kind of getting into your actor's thoughts and all of those things so it's really good practice for that as well um and it's essentially a really collaborative process so uh, we once we've kind of introduced the masks and we've done a lot of work around nonverbal communication, we've thought about character, we then start to think about story and narrative and the way in which you start thinking about that with other more than one mask on stage has got to be collaborative. And it's all about passing the focus and sharing the focus on stage because you can't have two or three masks trying to tell the story at the same time just doesn't work because the audience won't know what they're what what they're looking at and they'll miss out on really important action points so it has to be beat by beat moment by moment 
meticulously planned actually to be honest it's almost choreographed when you get to the point of a mask performance um and I think that's really good practice for devising it's really good practice for collaborative working as well and it's really getting them to think about what are those important bits of the narrative because it's so much harder to get story across um you can't have anything superfluous you know you can't have anything that's um, that's that's not useful to driving the action forward with mask in unless it's giving a moment of joy or it's it's a particular uh, emotion we're wanting the audience to feel you know so there's got to be a reason behind it and I think when we're when we're devising that's also another really good thing to learn so we have seen we have seen you know whole device performances in mask done that can be um, that can be kind of graded and marked as well along with the syllabuses and the curriculums particularly because it doesn't have to all be in mask you know you might use mask as a moment you might use mask as a metaphor you might think about what the taking of the mask off means what the you know what the putting of the mask on means what does it mean when one person's masked and everybody else is unmasked you know there's all sorts of um things you can go into that I've seen done really effectively in schools with our masks um, that can that can feed into some of the other stuff they're doing as well. Um, but essentially, it's that practice of clarity of story, clarity of action. As, a, as an examiner, I mean, I, I go out to schools to to look at performances and I don't remember the last time that I saw um, any kind of mask used in in performances, either for GCSE or A level which seems to me to be, from everything you've said, a bit of a, a disappointment. Why Why do you think that is? is it, do you think it's that teachers aren't confident about using mask? Like you said earlier, it is, it is different art form to perhaps what we might be more used to in more traditional forms. I think um, it's actually harder to be really successful than we think it is as well. There's a lot to think about with mask work. Um, but I do think when you get it right, you really reap the benefits. So it, it's, I think there's probably a reticence of knowing those kind of key points um, or for the students, you know, the students being able to really understand those key uh, practices and techniques that are going to really make the masks work um, and having the time really to, to, to kind of foster that as well. Um, but I mean, I would always encourage people to to give it a go. I think I think it's I, I think it's a shame as well. And there is obviously there's half mask as well, which we haven't really spoken about, but um, but which gives you voice. So brings a whole new aspect to to what we're talking about here um, and is a completely different practice in that sense and can be equally as interesting in terms of how it's bringing characters alive you know we, with our half mask set we work a lot with archetypes as well which um can speak to a lot of different themes and uh and and kind of provocations that you might see in in the drama syllabus so i think yeah i i agree with you that it's that it's a shame i'd, I'd love to see more people um giving mm. themselves that challenge um and i think it's just about having the right resources which obviously we try to we try to support as much as possible with with our ongoing CPDL offers, 
with our resource packs that come with all of the masks that we sell. Um, but also we just really encourage people to get in touch um, and let us know what they're doing. You know, we've had some really fabulous collaborative projects where we've helped and supported teachers to create those longer pieces of drama that might seem more daunting to try with mask work. Um, you know, as, as far uh, as far flung as places like Singapore, we managed to do a whole to support a teacher putting together a whole hour and a half show over Zoom in the <laughs> on the kind of coming out of, wow. <laughs> of the lockdowns, which was fab. Um, and and they did some really amazing work. So I think um, that would be my advice would be to just kind of reach out and and ask for that support. Um, if and we you know we love to know what what more people would need um, and attending as many kind of CPDL training opportunities as we can to share the practice wider, to to work with those who've got our masks. Or, you know, we often hear that drama teachers have inherited a set of our masks when, as they've come into a new department, don't quite know how to use them. It's something really new. I mean, we run CPDL training at our art space in St Albans twice a year normally in March and October and um, but we also go out to lots of events you know we've been at the music and drama conference the last few years we're going to be at must at the Mayflower in January on the 12th um to share some of our practice there as well with local teachers so um yeah do do keep look out for our for where we are on our socials as well because we do try to get out and about to reach people as much as possible because we understand that there's that it's quite specific so um a practical introduction kind of workshop event is is a good place to start if you're a bit uncertain so Definitely, yeah because yeah. because as you said you're joining us for eliminate 24 uh in january in southampton and you mentioned that you have mask sets I would imagine there's quite a few people listening to this who are aware of them. But is it essential to have access to a set of masks in order to be able to do mask work within your classroom? Um, I That's a really good question. I think the, the concepts of mask work, no. Uh, so all of the non-verbal stuff we've talked about, the character stuff, you can kind of use other tools and ways into that or images but I I do think that all of the benefits that we talked about in terms of you know the putting on the physical putting on the mask I think it's quite important that you have something um, and having a character mask is probably going to be the thing that benefits you the most because it does a lot of the work for you already. So neutral mask is amazing for all the reasons that we talked about earlier in terms of thinking about understanding your body, but that's all about kind of finding a neutral. So that's a very different practice to telling narrative, to putting character into physicality um, and nonverbal communication. So I would say you do need those, those kind of character masks to do that. Um, but we, you know, we have varying options on our website. We've got four different sets. Students seem to respect the masks and treat them well in a way that they don't necessarily treat other things that, that are brought into the classroom for them to play with. 
Um, I don't know why that is. I mean, maybe it's something to do with the with the notion of mask and the way that they're introduced and the fact that there is an element of particularly the the the, the character mask, the basic emotion masks that they have a rather naive um, character that automatically comes with them that has a one of the kids said to me it's kind of like it's a children's tv vibe isn't it miss it's cbb's in a mask and i went <laughs> okay i can i can see where they're coming from you know there is that kind of um invitation of those characters to go go on like me mm. even the ones that are a bit grumpy i think that <laughs> that Absolutely. there is that that part of it but I think it's, yeah, that's really interesting what you're saying about the Ravinic. Clearly, you're introducing them correctly, Ali, and you're, you're getting them. <laughs> Thank you. To think about that, because I think you're right. There is an element of empathy. <laughs> um, you know, we've been doing a lot of work in primary schools, actually, with uh, around kind of empathy and emotional resilience using the masks. Um, and some well-being work in secondaries as well, where we're using them to think about identity outside of the drama curriculum. So, um, so they definitely have that capability um, and likability. And I think we we all see ourselves in them. You know, that's the basic notion of it. You know, that 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 it is these characters. We've all got all of these emotions in us, and um, and all of these characters within us. And it's just about what we enjoy playing and and I think the fact that you know when the masks come out there is an invitation to play uh people know that that has to be within some sort of boundaries as well otherwise it's just it's not as good and it's not as interesting so that that helps with the respect of the mask as well I think it's interesting that the only time only times that I've ever found it a challenge with um getting young people to put the mask on is on those sessions that I've had to take in a dance studio where you've got a mirrored wall. See yourself, yeah. Because you can see yourself. Um yeah. and the thing I think in using masks with young people myself is that the feedback from the audience is really strong. So, you know, there's that whole thing about putting a mask on and you ask them ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, and because they can't see themselves, the the response becomes much more spontaneous. But the moment that there is a mirror and they can see themselves, then they start thinking it's creepy. Then they start thinking it's weird. Um, and it, it, it it's not as successful. It's very strange, I think, to them. Um, in a world where a lot of you know they, they it's very much about how they look and about how they they record themselves and they're always taking pictures on their phones to be a, in a situation when they can't be seen mm -hmm. it's interesting that you're doing all this work with identity and, and well-being from that point of view because that must be a really interesting area to take young people into because we are so obsessed with the with our visual appearance now um, the social media has made us so. How did that come about? How did you start doing that kind of work? So um, really, you know, well, the need you just identified there, to be honest, and other teachers kind of talking to us about it and saying, 
we want to address this in school. Is this something we can do? Um, we actually also started delivering social prescribing programs near us uh, in the local area. So working specifically with young people who were struggling with their mental health um, and in collaboration with counselling services locally here uh, and really kind of starting to understand the the benefits that the masks can have for those difficult conversations um, because you're not having to use I you're not having to use me you are talking you can talk about the emotion of the character without the personal coming into it um, and you can also therefore explore coping mechanisms and tactics around that um, without it having to be something that is a commitment or that you are connecting to in a personal way. Um, so I think there's loads of interesting things around that. It's also an opportunity for people to role play situations and to put themselves into different perspectives. Um, so something that we've done a lot of is kind of looking at the objective and the subjective. So, you know, what do people assume about this character? And then what's actually going on um, behind, you know, uh, and thinking about those kind of situations as well. It's really useful to use the masks um, again as a reference point for those conversations um, and to get the students thinking about, oh, well, why do I think that of someone who presents in this way? Why do I think automatically respond to that emotion in this way? Can I do it differently? Um, you know, quite literally the masks we wear in life uh, and the way in which we choose to kind of um, present to people in different different moments of our lives um, is also something that we kind of look at, can, can look at in those kinds of sessions. So yeah, it, it came about quite organically through both through the, the, the impact being so huge of our social prescribing work and then thinking about, wow, actually we, we can do some of this in schools as well. Obviously, you know, to a certain extent, it's not as in depth without that specific pastoral support and that connection with the counselling services, et cetera, but there are still things we can address and, and, and talk about. And what about Trestle's own artistic uh, output? What are you up to at the moment? What are you creating for your work? So at the moment, we're really focused on the on this question of why mask actually and thinking about um we, we've we're in quite a big period of research um and and thinking about what we offer schools actually so it's, it's quite it's quite a fortuitous time to to be speaking and and um you know we're aware of the pressures of the education system we're aware of the pressures of cultural organizations right now um, and I think we're just looking for new and innovative ways to ensure that everybody can keep making interesting, creative work, that those that young people are still getting access to to that kind of experience. Um, so we're doing a lot of work in primaries. We've got a big primary project called Create, Speak and Thrive, which is all about um, using drama, storytelling, physical theatre, mask work. Um, particularly in support of speech language and communication needs so it's something that we have seen with young people across the whole um, age spectrum 
Um, and we know that the masks work really well with young people with any kind of SEN needs as well. Um, but, but specifically, we had a lot of primaries who were expressing um, need for support with speech and language because coming out of the lockdowns, they were just seeing, you know, in some cases, a 50% rise in in um, developmental delay and, and, and the ability to communicate with your peers. And it only seems to be coming up stronger as well, actually. It's not going away because they still have that gap that's being mm. really hard to bridge as they move up the schools. So we are going to see it come into secondaries at some point as well. And oh, I'm sure I think, you've already think, have seen it. In... Yeah, I think it's already there. I mean, yeah, it's not so much the... Um, the speech development but social, certainly social development I think that most yeah. of us who work in the secondary sector have seen that and I, th I think you know going back to it was really interesting that you were talking about the mirror and um, <laughs> because I think that that's something I I talk about it when I'm training teachers a lot because there's there's kind of an assumption of our oh, looking at ourselves will help us understand what the mask has done but you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Ali, that actually I think this self-consciousness rises so much more. And actually part of the benefits of working with mask work, other than collaborative theatrical process, is a collaborative learning process as well. Because you to understand how the masks work, you have to see the masks in action. Mm. So when we're working with the masks um, in a workshop, we're constantly swapping who's working in the masks. So uh, it, it, it can be quite difficult, I think sometimes for teachers, but a lot of the time we will have like, you know, half the class working in the mask, half the class observing. Um, and it's quite daunting because it's like, oh, are they gonna focus? Are they gonna watch? Are they gonna listen? Are they? But actually you will find that a lot of the time they really quick, quite quickly pick up the value in watching the masks closely because they can, then they can see what they can achieve with them afterwards. So instead of the mirror, it's almost like they're letting their peers mirror back to them how the masks are going to work and the characters work. So that collaborative learning process, I think, can, can be really, really useful um because it's not it kind of takes the ego out of it in terms of devising it take you know the story has to be something that we're all sharing in um the it's it's improvisation skills which again are all about working with your scene partners and working with the space so I do think it lends itself to all of those communication things as well and that's something that we're kind of like I said thinking about how we can support schools not just to use that in the drama classroom, but how they can start to think about it, it being a tool, a resource that they've got at school that they can use in other parts of the curriculum as well. Um, so that's what we're that's what we're kind of doing at the moment. Um, and another question that I've I've often wondered about, but since you had 40th anniversary recently, maybe you know the answer. Where does the name Trestle come from? <laughs> it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't. It doesn't shout mask theatre to me well I mean it does because obviously I know the the, the work of the company but where did Trestle as a, a as a name come from? So it came from the uh what the founders originally wanted the company to be which was they had this um ambition and dream which they fulfilled um to pack up a box of masks and costumes 
and just go anywhere with a trestle stage. So similar to a trestle table oh, that just okay. kind of opens up um, and just be able to rock up and perform for everyone and anyone. Um, and that was kind of what the founders really wanted the company to be about. And that's it's kind of the ambition that I think we still work for today, you know, because it's 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 about accessibility. It's about having something that everybody can uh, can benefit from, mm. telling a, a range of stories. Um, and so I, I, I like to think that we're still forty years down the line. We're still working <laughs> to that same that same mission and focus, um, even though it's quite a lot of different personnel involved now. Um, but yeah, that was that was where it first came from. The the, the trestle stages, which are very similar to tables, to the to the painting tables you might know of. Yeah, <laughs> the second highest possibly, thing, possibly a bit more secure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you'd hope so. Yeah, I'm not sure they would be, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, imagining that I don't know anything about it, um, what would be your kind of three top tips for getting started? And I won't restrict you to three if you decide to go a little bit off piece. <laughs> so you want you you've decided you you know, as a teacher you've decided you think you want to yeah use mask with your young people you think they're going to respond to it, but you don't really have much of an idea where to go. What would be your top tips for getting getting underway with the whole thing? Yeah, well the first one we've talked about a lot, which is the this the the audience are the most important people in the room. <laughs> So that kind of stops that, that that kind of helps to build that connection to get them used to playing the mask to the front as much as possible to thinking about what why they're telling the story they're telling being playful all of those things that encompasses so I would say that's a really important one um I would also say um focusing on commitment to the character so when you're working on your physicality always bringing it back to the mask to the character that you've got to the to to what the decisions you've made about that character and that doesn't that's not the same for everyone and I think that's something that's quite beautiful as well like you know you might have two or three students who work with the same mask who interpret it completely differently but as long as they commit to their choice around the masks then I think um it's really it's really exciting so focusing on commitment and 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 that kind of I, I I'll often say in workshops make a bold choice it doesn't have to be over the top exaggerated um because actually sometimes that doesn't read as effectively but if it's a bold choice if it's interesting and you stick to it then it will play so that would be my my next bit of advice. And I think my third bit of advice um, is not necessarily the most important thing, but it's something that I think is quite hard to do, but it really makes a difference. And it would be um, mask needs things. So quite a lot of the time we will see mask and mime kind of put into the same category. And obviously, obviously, there are similarities in terms of the physical vocabulary, in terms of action for meaning. Absolutely. But if you ask someone who is performing in mask to mime, 
then suddenly you're asking an awful lot of the audience because you're asking them to suspend their disbelief that that character or that actor is that character and that mask is their face. You're also asking them to suspend their disbelief. That there's a door there or a chair there or, you know, all of these things. Um, and I think we get into a world of miming things that just would not work with the masks as well. So, you know, the masks can't, can't necessarily um, eat and drink in the way that you might more traditionally have in an improvisation or devised scene because obviously the face doesn't move. So the minute that doesn't happen, it breaks the illusion then. So we're always trying to create the illusion that the mask is part of our face. So anything that breaks that illusion, touching it, um, pretending to be asleep when the eyes don't close, like all of those kind of things has an impact. Um, so I would say things, objects, costumes, can be really useful for mask work. Music as well, to add atmosphere, to add meaning to what they're doing, to give them a context um, is really, really, really helpful. So when you're starting out with mask work, sometimes just by bringing in a few props, it can totally um, change the, the, the session. So those were those would be my. I mean, there's so many more. You have to they have to mm. come to the to mass on the 12th of January. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, you have, if you if you haven't booked yet <laughs> and you haven't got your space booked, I would I would get to it and hurry because this is it's a great opportunity to to have a, an introduction to mask and many other things. Um, but uh, you know, I think all the things that Helen's talked about here will give you a real insight into. Um, the way that this can work and if you've no experience at all it's it is actually it is strangely liberating to be in a mask and um, a, a lot of young people respond to it really well particularly and as you've referred to yourself as well is is um, young people with levels of learning difficulty mm -hmm. find it very liberating because there is that they they don't have to think of the right words yeah and with the the basic must they don't really even have to think of the emotions because the emotions are kind of they, they're given with mm. the the mask and so it's just about how that emotion affects what you do so the, whilst it is actually quite a complicated process it doesn't appear that way hopefully we will see some of you in southampton in january and if not um contact uh helen at Tressel. And um, thank you very much for your time. And thanks for sharing an insight into the wonderful world of mask. And um, we look forward to working together with you later on in the year. We hope that you've enjoyed this month's episode and it sparked your interest in trestle masks and the opportunities this area of theatre has to offer. Ali and Helen mentioned several times that Trestle will be running a workshop during our Illuminate 24 conference at Mars Studios in Southampton on Friday the 12th of January 2024. If this is something you're interested in attending, please visit www.mayflowerstudios.org.uk. Click on What's On and then scroll down to Illuminate 2024. We hope to see many of you there.